Amenagazi is a mujarim. And that is a, a thug in Arabic. Okay? <laughs> I was going to say, what have you done to our pod? <laughs> Please don't what, get us. What can... <laughs> Please don't get us in trouble. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Please no. do not get us flagged. All right, welcome to the latest edition of the Fantasy Soccer FC podcast. This is David Smith. Scott Wiebe. Brian Shesko. I'm glad people can't hear what we talk about just before I we recorded start. a lot of it, and who knows, some of that might make it to the open today. I'm yeah. dreading the release of our pod already. <laughs> no, this is going to be good. This is going to be really good. We are here to discuss game week 35. The end is near. Yeah, week 35. Mm-hmm. This is this is such a blast to yeah. build to the finish of this Premier League season. It's more fun, I, I would propose... To be playing fantasy right now than to be watching the real life table, considering most of the drama has already been decided, been taken care of. Well, it would it be exciting if you didn't know that massive comebacks could happen in the very last two weeks of the season? Well, like that's in other true. words, like like Brian's miraculous uh, Phoenix rise from <laughs> the depths true. last year, which like, we documented. It on this just pod. feels like there's no lead that is. N- that's safe enough. That's true. Right? I keep looking behind me to see and like, where and, he is. And you, like, you could jump even if you're like fourth or fifth place and you're just trying to get to second or third or mm-hmm. something. Mm-hmm. Like, hey. Those chips help. It could happen. Those chips can it help. It could happen. Well, we're here to discuss the six matches that took place. It's a, it was a lighter load in game week 35. Mm-hmm. And what might have been short of table drama did not lack for storyline drama. We'll definitely get into that here as we go. And I think we have made the end of the season a little bit more fun for all of our listeners as well because there are three big bets on the line one mm-hmm. of which has been decided i think but with, there are two i am watching i'm with, watching west brom i i am watching I west am, ham I, yeah. Yeah, this is so these dumb. bets are big I'm, I'm excited every to cross see. i am every west brom cross i am just cringing i feel like there needs to be some form of, of an addendum because when the bet nope. was made nope. we didn't know that no. it were hold on no we di- we're not i'm gonna stick with it okay but good there, but there wasn't like we didn't know that aguero wasn't gonna be playing okay well, that, so but that was that was factored in no it no it was true. no way i promise anyway it's fine whatever regardless look I still think it's going to happen, but yeah, I'm getting increasingly nervous. You should be. We're going to get to why as we get through our pod. So we're going to go through all of the segments you know and love. They were all there in the matches that took place. We're going to talk about the bets that are on the line here between the three of us. And we're going to get to our first ever Arsenal moment after the Wenger announcement that he is stepping down from Arsenal Football Club. Can't wait to hear that from Dave. Yeah. Are we ready to do this? Let's do this, man. We're ready. Let's get on to these matches. The more things change, the more they stay the same. Manchester City 5, Swansea nil. The Citizens celebrate in style. David Silva, Raheem Sterling, Kevin DeBrowna, Bernardo Silva, and Gabriel Jesus all sharing in the fun. What a drubbing. Brian, it was a drubbing, but Arlo said during the... During the match. This is Arlo White. Mr. Arlo White. He and I have uh, had our spats over the years. (laughs) Uh, He said at one point after Sterling's goal, Mm -hmm. it's like they're playing on another planet. (laughs) Okay. 
Like it was an okay goal. It was a good goal. Well, I, I thought it was fun. Yeah. Go at ahead. what point does City look like that they're playing on another planet? Because when Liverpool was smashing their, <laughs> they didn't look like they were playing on another planet. That's true. I, well, I mean, I, Swansea just got kicked off the field. Sure. Well, but I mean, I and, thought it, I thought it was funny that the that uh, Robbie Earl said uh, in in recapping the match that. Like when he was doing the, you know, he's talking about the high, that, that particular highlight. He said, um, uh, uh, Sterling scored, uh, like uh, where he couldn't miss. And I thought, I think he can. <laughs> he has before. It's true. Now, Swansea definitely, looked, Swansea definitely looked like the nerdy kid showing up at the cool kids' party. Uh, this was this. N- none of your swans had a chance here, except Lucas Fabianski yeah. did walk away with nine. Points. Most annoying thing of this weekend, Brian. Can I just paint a picture for, for, for multiple a reasons? Let me just paint yeah. a picture for a second. Because it affects one of the bets, Brian, <laughs> selfishly, yeah. and uh, also affected my mother fantasy team. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it did. Yeah. So some of us had a starting goalkeeper not playing in this reduced schedule. As in David De Gea. Absolutely. And others of us have yeah. Lucas Fabianski as a backup goalkeeper because he's the fourth overall scoring goalkeeper. It's a yeah. great backup goalkeeper choice. Oh, sure. You just don't play him very often, unless you have to. And right. this was one of those weeks where some of us did. It was nice to have nine points thanks to a Gabriel Jesus missed penalty. Yeah, that's the the turnaround in points from Jesus missing or having the the penalty saved, which then is a ton of points for Fabianski, in addition to his seven saves that he had. You, I expected you expect him to have a lot of saves, but because of the save penalty with the seven saves he ends up with two bonus points please someone give me a break like, and and he got five goals smoke scored on him right so i mean right. that's that's, that, that's an like amazing a two that's, or a, three. that's an amazing amount of points to have for a day where you had five goals put on you it almost means that he probably shouldn't deserve but will be receiving from us the Brad Guzan award for yeah. courage yeah seven shots Saved, five goals given up. Yeah, that is Guzani, if ever yeah, there was. The insult to Jesus of then, uh, was it Danilo? Bernardo. No, no, it was Bernardo Silva. Yeah, Bernardo. It was Bernardo Silva that scored on the after the miss. Yeah, that Sterling, thankfully, gets the assist for that. Yeah, what a slap! <laughs> they passed over Jesus on the assist. Well, he gets no, no. He no, did get the he assist. He got the assist on it. It's just that he gets a mi- he had like minus. He gets minus points. It was like minus two points or whatever for the penalty. But what would have been a goal? You know, it's four points. And then yep. who knows if he? You know, if things continue on and he ends up with a brace, you know, it's, yeah, it's don't, a lot more points. Yeah, don't feel too bad for him and, and yeah, his no, owners, though. Well, like no, you said no. before. Seven when points for Jesus. Bonus points. Right. Like, in other words, so you had another four yeah. under that. That's 11. Right, and that's then, what I mean. If, and then if, when forwards score bonus points, as you've noted before, or when they score, they get bonus points. I would say yeah. most weeks, if if your forward gets a goal and an assist, natural, he's going to be probably the, leading the bonus points, or at least in the top. You know, he's going to be at least in contention for them. I don't know how you, I don't know how you would have missed yeah. him with a goal and an assist, but because of the missed penalty, it turns into nothing. Now, he still had seven points. We know now that Sergio Aguero is out for the rest of the season. Yes, that is confirmed. So, who should I sell for Gabriel Jesus? Harry Kane. Really? I did. Well, really? I did. 
What are you saying, Brian? Well, what I was going to say is... Brian, Brian I, would go the other way. No. So, Listen, I don't feel great about it, by the way. I, well, then why did you do it? To be different. Oh. <laughs> That's very different. It's yeah. very risky. Yeah. That's as risky a move as there is. It's as different as first place is to eighth place, by the way. Uh, in the middle of the week, since we can't, yeah. as we can't sure. talk about things <laughs> as things approach the middle and end of the week, yeah. when Arsene Wenger had his press conference in the middle of the week last week, he put the suggestion out there that he was going to prioritize his Europa League starters for the match on the weekend right. against West Ham, which meant that Obama Yang, because he's ineligible, would would he, he his exact words were, I, I'm not sure yet if I'm going to play him. My difficulty was I had a starting 11. I, I had 11 players available with matches. To, Which to be is able to good, play. considering 35, right. there's a lot of teams not playing. Without free hitting, without doing anything else. I was nearly certain that I had Sadio Mane, Mane, Salah, and Robertson. Yeah. And I knew the chances of all three of them starting were slim to none. The one single move I could make that would guarantee a position was to go from Aubameyang to Jesus. To Jesus. Yeah, sure. I knew, I mean, obviously there was a ton of risk in that. Had he scored the brace, it would have paid off mightily, considering Aubameyang comes on to to get an assist at the end. You know, finishes still with with points. Like good, good for him. He came on for points, but just disappointing. It was a minus four that ended up turning into you know what on aggregate a minus one. Scott, we 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 won't talk much about the Spurs because they didn't play this weekend. Okay, so I'll mention it now. But one reason why I also did that is because I really feel like. Harry Kane is pressing too hard. He wants the golden boot too bad, and he he wants it too bad. And and huh. like like brother Matt said, it just seemed like every time Erickson got the ball last time they played, it was just just feed feed feed. It was like every they like they were just trying to overfeed him to try to get him goals. And I just think that that's ever since. And I think Brian, you might have said it first. Ever since he they tried to get the shoulder flick sure. goal, yeah, it just seems like there's just bad mojo there. Yeah. For whatever reason. Now, look, this is I agree. purely dumb me. No, okay? I agree I, with and you. And I get that. I agree with you. And so, so, on one hand, I know Brian's in my ear going like, Dave, no one no one closes the season better than Kane. And I know this, right? Yeah. The other thing is, is I'm, I'm looking at this bad mojo, and I'm like, man, that's a lot of money. I can spend that. I can I can throw three strikers out there now, especially now that, Je- now that Aguero's gone. Yeah. I can start Jesus with complete confidence. That's right. Obama Yang, and then maybe spend my money on on Perez or or maybe even Olivier Giroud, who is now seems to be getting some minutes for Chelsea and looking pretty good. So interesting. It just would give me the option to play three better strikers other than just yeah. Like I mean, two. You, if you need money, I mean, you. I think it isn't. It's not a. I mean, I feel like it's a similar. I mean, I'd say they have a similar floor. I mean, I just think. You know who's more likely to end one of these matches with a hat trick? I feel like, you know, it's, it's Kane. I mean, Kane, Kane right? You know, I Kane's agree ceiling is is five. Especially goals. since they're playing Watford, right? This coming week, who who they disappointed against earlier in the season. Yeah, this is not a uh, this is not a Tottenham Hotspur segment right now, but um, but, but they no, I understand. I understand the appeal so of Jesus. I understand the appeal of Jesus compared to anybody, and I I'll say what I said last week, which was. Before we knew for sure that he was out, Jesus becomes striker one A or one B yeah, yeah. for the rest of the season. 
and everybody else, I assume, on City, it same same thought process. Well, the difficulty what about was Sane? well, the difficulty was the starting lineup, and so that's why you know when we we can talk about this at the end of the at the end of the uh, in the second part of the podcast. Yeah. Um, no, it's just that you lost you know clean sheet points if you like the massive percentage of people that own collectively Kyle Walker and Nicholas Otamendi got nothing because they were both benched this week. Yeah. Leroy Sané benched after he was brought in by a ton of people. Uh, so, yeah, I think there's a lot of risk. In the, I mean, we can talk about more about the rotation with the rest of the guys that are on the on the team. But um. After seeing Sané not start, I felt very – I started three city players, Jesus, Silva, and Sterling. And Who all played. They did, but after seeing Sané play, I'm like, huh. Not, or seeing Sané not play, I was like, oh, oh my gosh, like – I got, I got a little lucky there. Maybe next weekend you won't be so lucky with those same three. Well, and so that's the thought process is the only thing that is going in my favor is it's if it's not now already obvious. They're, they're going for history. They want the, Pep has said so. They want the most yeah, number of and, goals. And we can talk they about the that best record. more specifically. They want the, I was the say. most number of points. Well, they won't, they, get, they, they won't get best record, but I think they can set most number of wins. There's four records I think they can still get. Yep. And there's more. Mm. I have them right here. All right. Quickly. No, I'm not doing it. Okay, it's not ready. <laughs> so bottom line is, it's a lot yeah. to play for. And so I think that they're going to go for it, and if they can dunk five, six, seven, eight goals on whoever they play, they're going to do it. Uh, and with the schedule they have, which we can also discuss more. It is there for the taking. They could. That's why they could obliterate records. Um, my other transfer this week was uh, to go from Nick Pope. Au revoir, Nick Pope. I was on the French side of the. Yeah, uh, I believed more in the French claim to papacy. Uh, oh. You know, during the in the Middle Ages and prior to that, in the, the Dark Ages. <laughs> Interesting. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I went from Pope to Ederson with the thought that that schedule oh, and hardly true. anyone that's a more assured starter uh, for them than Ederson, uh, which looked like a great move until. Um, Wayne Hennessy on my bench uh, put up a 10. So that was um, (laughs) disappointing uh, overall for the points that were uh, not used. But either way. I'm going to so hard when Willie Caballero comes in next weekend. I know. I'm really hoping that doesn't happen. I can't imagine they would do that to him after the season he's had. But we'll see. The, the, The bottom line is there is risk. Yeah, with a lot of these guys for sure. Uh, there's not risk with Swansea. There is no risk with Swansea players. Nope, they got to play their best guys. Yeah, they're hoping for the best. Hey, you qu- do not own Swansea players. You did not own Swansea players for this match against City. No, no. but in the last three weeks, they play at Bournemouth. They're home to Southampton and home to Stoke. Mm-hmm. All right. They're- if you owned a Jordan Ayew and or T- Tammy Abraham, who would you prefer? In Jordan the, those two. And I know you have Jordan Ayew. That's right. But Tammy Abraham is an, is a sort of a tasty. Yeah, but the IU brothers started up front in this one. Yeah, and that has been it seems the the front line of choice. Okay. And this Carlos is Calvary and this all. is Jordan IU's best season. Yeah. This is his. This is as good as he's ever been. He's already been great. I think his red card was a little fluky. Yeah, that he got earlier. Otherwise, I would probably still have him. And I have a pound and a half in my bank, so I'm not hurting for money. But I do feel an urge as we go into these final three game weeks to sell one of my swans 
going into this Chelsea match. Yeah. But I keep staring at their final three matches yeah. because there are points in all three. West Brom, two. Liverpool, two. Looked like the Reds had the points when Danny Ings and Mo Salah started the scoring, but Jake Livermore, excuse me, Jake Livermore and Solomon Rondon bring it back for the baggies. Congratulations, Alberto Moreno. You received the matches only yellow card. Congratulations again. Alberto Moreno. See you later, Bo. You like, it was just one week done. to give Andy Robertson a little rest when they as they get ready to to play Roma. That was it. Uh, the only two uh, of of significance up to this point, uh, Firmino and Andy Robertson, the big sacrifices uh, for this for resting this week. Oxley Chamberlain gets twenty four minutes off the bench, but you know Trent Alexander Arnold, Dejan Lovren, all all of those guys sat. Firmino is the one that would kill me. Yeah. If I if I was still owning Firmino right now, I. Yeah. Uh, it would just it would be crushing. It's hilarious to look at him as the second highest scoring forward, knowing that he's like been garbage for the last <laughs> six weeks or whatever it is. That's interesting. It's true. This one did not lack for drama at the end. Of course, West no. Brom with the comeback after Liverpool already started looking towards Tuesday's Champions League match. We were recording this on Monday night, uh, but also there were a number of uh, controversial moments or or storylines surrounding this. First of all, let's talk about the positive. The positive is Scott's stat of the day. And now it's time for Scott's stat of the day. Scott's stat of the day is 930. That is how many uh, blades of grass were on the West Bromwich Albion pitch. (laughs) That was... That's a good guess. The number of beverages consumed by the front row of the stand. That's Probably all, true. Yeah, that's a good guess. But in this case, it stands for the number of days since Danny Ings' last goal. Hmm. That's a lot of days. Thank you, Danny Ings. That's a lot of days. This past Saturday. A that is days. a lot of days, which is uh, why he celebrated the way that he did. I hate the sort of luck. I mean, I'm glad it happened, but it almost, like, it was a weird yeah. kind of fluky goal. But hey, kudos, Danny. He's a, he's earned it. He's definitely earned that. Why is West Brom? West Brom is, uh, is the Liverpool to Liverpool's Manchester City, meaning... It's like what West Brom is built to beat Liverpool alone. <laughs> to like foil them alone. And well, United. Part of this is circumstance. Yeah, uh, for sure. Quite they, frankly, Liverpool didn't really care. Sure. And honestly, you put this anywhere else with any additional meaning behind it for Liverpool, they're going to seal the three points. Scott, if I you believe. go back the last couple of years. I know, but. but I mean, it's not just this two, year. They go up 2 0. I hear you. I hear and it, you. And it's late goals for it's eighty minute goals. Yeah, honestly, for, I don't think any Liverpool fan cared so much. Goals that were like knives in my heart. Well, for your fantasy team, for the bet, possibly. And here's why: Screw so we have Rod and Rondon. So here's a bet. We've got one of the three bets to discuss right now because Brian bet Dave that the West Brom forward pair of Solomon Rondon and Jay Rodriguez would mm-hmm. score more points in the last five game weeks. Then the Manchester City forward pair of Sergio Aguero and Gabriel yes. Jesus. Yes. Before we found out Aguero wasn't going to be playing before he got hurt. That was he. He was hurt when but you made the bet. Whatevs. All right. The score after two game weeks is West Brom twenty-two, Manchester City sixteen. This is why that stupid PK is Look, so bad. Hey man, 
I, I am telling it's a, you. It's a minus two and a four. It's a six-point swing. Oh, it's a huge swing. It beats even Steven right now. Listen, I the, the whole point of the bet was I thought Rondon and Jay Rodriguez, who are going to play together every match that is left, and they're going to play their hearts out. Because every match is basically West Bromwich Albion players crying, knowing that they are are a lost cause. But they're playing for Darren Moore. They're playing for the fans. It's unbelievable what kind of heart they're throwing into this. So Jesus, it's on Jesus's shoulders alone. I'm telling you, I know for sure that the thought was, you don't know if Aguero or Jesus, this was prior to the bet being made, the, the whole point was you didn't know if, if Aguero was healthy, which one of them was going to play because you knew they were rarely going to play in the same match and you knew for sure they would not play together. So, but earlier in the year they did play together. Sure, they did. A, they did sometimes. It was, but Pep had said by the middle of the season, like there's a reason why I don't play them together. Like I, it, I need Sane and the and my other wingers, and it affects my ability to play certain midfielders. If I have Jesus or Aguero, that is not the issue for West Brom, who are just cruising along with the unstoppable striker tandem of Solomon Rondon and Jay Rodriguez. <laughs> So far, it's been every other match for one, for them. So uh, one That's of these true. days, they're That's both been... going to do it. They're going to assist each other. You know it. <laughs> one gets two and one gets nine. Yes. And that's what's led to the 22 over yeah. two weeks so far. Two quick storylines, non-fantasy related. Uh, Jurgen Klopp made a little bit out of the West Brom pitch. I've called it pitch gate. Boy, is he agenda. salty. Well, you could tell the ball was not traveling across the pitch like you normally watch it travel. Uh, there was definitely a little bit of home gamesmanship going on. Now, is West Brom allowed to do that? Absolutely. I was going to say. I don't care. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, and Jurgen Klopp kind of came off a little bit, I think, like a like a, a, a sad sack a little bit. Like he a sorry said, sport. Well, he's he, snobby. Yeah. Well, he went at, he went at them. He, I felt like it was a low blow. Yeah. One of his quotes. Yeah. But go with your... I don't want to hear that quote. No, say, no, say your thing. No, he said... They can play on that. He said they can play on that. They'll have something to the effect of they'll they'll have fun playing on that pitch next season in the championship. He definitely sounded like someone that is really salty. Ah, uh, yes, he I'm, that's like why someone, I'm saying it yeah. is very salty. He he made a couple of comments similar to that where he was saying wow. we needed the points, they didn't need the points. They're going to the championship. that borders line. Sorry, Scott, I'm interrupting, but that borders on on class classlessness. I mean, come on. Come on, hey! Stay, it is definitely stay classy. Harsh. Stay classy. <laughs> that is a harsh. That is a harsh thing to Listen, say. For I, sure. I love the guy's enthusiasm, but look, let's let's judge a phrase. Yeah, as it, uh, on the, its own. The exact no quote, bias there. That's sorry. I can give you the exact quote. The right. exact quote was: He said they decided not to water the pitch at halftime. That makes it difficult. It makes a massive difference. A team like West Brom do not need a wet pitch. They can do it next year playing on a dry pitch in the championship. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's the hey, stay. He's definitely frustrated about losing oh, the two yeah, points. For sure. Stay classy. No about it. But speaking of frustration, anything made of Ahmed Hagazi's Absolutely. Absolutely. That is trash, games? man. Ah, Ahmed Hagazi is, is a Mujarim. And that is a, a thug in Arabic. Okay? <laughs> I was going to say, what have you done to our pod? <laughs> please don't <laughs> what, get us. What can, <laughs> please don't get us in trouble. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Please no. do not get us flagged. 
I, for anything. Look, I probably mispronounced it. That's my best. But okay. Uh, why why is he not getting charged by the FBI? Amazing. So that that report came out a little earlier. Whoever's on the the committee, the FA committee to have retroaction happen during uh after a match, obviously. It's got to be a, a unanimous decision. Yep. He punched it I down. I might be going out on a limb here, but unless there's some sort of political action going on, I'm just saying I don't know how in the world you cannot look at this and have see anything other than a punch. Don't I go think, into conspiracy theories. No, but here, you know man. how you know how boxing judges. Have I'm trying to, to walk that line. <laughs> you know me, yeah, and yeah, I please. love to dive into them. But you know how boxing judges, their individual scorecards are released. Yeah, that are are released in part to to make up the total of the judge's decision in a boxing match. You should have to have your name published next to your decision. I don't even know who's on this panel. I don't know if anyone else oh, yeah. is on this panel. But I, I propose that whoever's on this panel should be willing to have their individual decisions made public so we know exactly well, who decides. So if we disagree with them, we can shame them. Exactly right. It, it, it makes the FA look like a complete joke. And, and I don't think they are. I respect the organization. But it makes them look like a complete joke. And other members on that committee have to come out of whatever meeting they came out of and or when votes are cast and thinking to themselves, holy crap, how did that just happen? And, and I'm just, yeah, I, it is shocking. And I wish Danny Ings would have got up right then and beat his I don't. I can't believe it's not. I mean, it is as clear cut. An, an, a, it's a strike. It's an act of violence. It was seen that way from everyone in, Clearly at least in the NBC the studios, for sure, post-match. So I, it's really, it really is surprising that there would be no action taken. Before this, Ings did not get a penalty call either. Just putting that out there, too. In the end, it doesn't matter all that much. We know how we feel about West Brom's forwards. How do we feel about Liverpool players? We can talk about that more towards the end of this podcast. All right. I, I think it's just. I like gonna, the teaser, Brian. Well, I just think it's going to be. I just see. I just think it's frustrating. I think it's frustration for for one more week. Yeah. And then, uh, and then we'll see. It's going to be hard. The only thing I'll, I'll add, because everyone knows Liverpool's like Mane, Firmino, Salah. I, I just think Chamberlain at a five point six. Yeah. Is interesting going into the last couple weeks because if you're playing a pick a guy's name around that area it just seems like recently every single time he's on the pitch he's producing something oh yeah oh yeah chamberlain and, is and yeah, so well for him to come in for 24 minutes and get, get an and get an assist is is and, really good so anyway he's not just an assist uh machine he can score goals right. too so uh, absolutely good point dave hey one other thing on, on on hagazi he even smacked his own teammate during this match he acted like and he kind of apologized to Salah after this, but his own Egyptian teammate, it was like a, a air ball, and he for no reason at all just throws his hand back behind him and hits Salah right in the face. And I'm like, like you doing that to your your own international teammate? Like hey, you better you not are do an that. idiot, man. You are a complete idiot. Arsenal four, West Ham one. Marco made me happy. Marco got one on me. However, Nacho, Aaron, and Alexander times two see it that Arsenal get the point. What a what a, a collapse, West Ham United. Yeah. 
What an absolute collapse. Brian, in the 78, 79th minute, it is still 1-1. As soon as that Ramsey goal somehow managed to go in, which was a miscommunication and an error on Declan Rice. Yeah. And he was publicly shamed heart, for heart, that. It, what's amazing is TV cameras, if they're in the right place at the right time, just tell so much story. But Hart is looking and he I don't, I don't even think he's saying it out loud but he's No, he did say he did say it out loud cuz camera did say what did, the f, right? Well, he said I said clear. He was instructing Rice. Declan Rice to get the head on the ball and Rice let it go. Yeah. And it was put in the exact place for it to go straight into the net. What's and even Joe Hart worse was thinking Rice was going to do something he didn't. What's even worse for Hart, Brian, is he had had an amazing game yeah. up to this point. Really good He game. had had a ridiculous save on Welbeck, a ridiculous save on Jaka, believe it or not. And then also, uh, it comes down to this. He actually is in the perfect position on this cross. If Aubameyang, who's, coming, who's behind Rice, if Aubameyang hits it or heads it in, Hart is in a great position to stop it. What Hart is not in a good position to do is if Aubameyang doesn't touch it at all. So Rice doesn't touch it. Aubameyang sort of lets off because he thinks Rice is going to clear it. So Aubameyang kind of lets off, and the ball passes right in front of him and goes right into the net. And Aaron, with that, Aaron Ramsey uh, sealed the deal for uh, a celebrity somewhere. Somebody this week. I hate to think that it had anything to do with First Lady Barbara Bush, who we miss oh. dearly. But what about Vern Troyer? That didn't help either. Couldn't yeah. have helped him. Yeah. Many me. Racking him up. May rest in peace. Yeah. Very interesting. Joe Hart, obviously, uh, with a shot, a very realistic shot still at England World Cup spot as well. I guess. Here are the two stories coming out of this match for me, though. Aubameyang starting on the bench and Arsene mm-hmm. Wenger deciding this is his last season. Where do we want to start? Let's start with Aubameyang. We'll get to we'll get to Wenger with you, David, in your Arsenal moment well, in a little bit. Yeah, it's fine. But Aubameyang on the bench. Yeah. Frustrating. Yeah, My definitely. First, you know what I did immediately when I saw the lineup? I searched Aubameyang to see what was the shock injury yeah. that yeah. he suffered from. No, mm-hmm. no, he's there. He's on the bench. Scott, yep. you had to be paying attention to the pressers. Uh, yeah, that's true. And... Brian had well, already kind no. of alluded to it. Well, no, it was it had everything to do, and even but Aubameyang doesn't play in the Europa League. Surely he's going to find a place for a guy who cannot play right midweek, right? And Surely. that's a, and that's exactly why him coming off the bench, getting the assist that he did. Like I think you're rescued at that point. You're week. thrilled by those yeah. points, considering it looked like it was about to be nothing or one. Yeah. Um, no, and that's why I said it was a huge for me. It was a huge risk. It was mostly the guarantee of Jesus compared to the risk of Aubameyang, and it ended up, you know, like I said, it didn't, you know, as far as the move goes. But for Aubameyang, no, I, I, if that's going to happen, you assume this coming weekend it'll be the same lineup. No, I, I, I don't. No, you don't. You don't think so that no, he would I just don't. that he would just have the same guys. The, the reason, oh, no, why, you're because you're getting them fresh for the following. Cor- match. That's exactly right. The reason why he did that, why he played the the Europa League starters, which he hadn't been doing, right? He did that this past weekend, is because it it will would have been too many days in between matches. Right. So from from Sunday to Thursday, that's a decent break, right? And and that's what the break will be this week, so that he wanted to get most of the guys out there, so you're not sitting for so long without having a game match, uh, without having a match. This week, though, it will revert completely back to yeah. 
I've the, never been more confident Aubameyang's going to start than he will in this next no game. No doubt. Absolutely true. And, and right? I'm not selling Aubameyang yet. On this, for the same Salah, reason, maybe. I don't think Salah will start. Yeah, I agree. I might, and I've got them both. I, I mean, I I know I kind of said last week I was looking at it, and I did look at it. I didn't make the move. Yeah. I still owned Salah. I'm gonna. I'm not selling him, but I'm gonna bench him probably. I didn't he'll be, he'll be the him. first. He'll be the first place on my bench for the first time all season. You didn't captain. I did not captain either Salah or Kane. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Didn't work in my favor, by the way. Yeah, right? uh, for reasons we'll get to. My captain is still in an upcoming match. Yeah, gotcha. I want to. I want to say something about that. But <laughs> I don't know. I may not. If I don't sell him, I probably won't captain him. Despite the what looks on paper to be a juicy matchup against Stoke for Mo Salah, but right. Aubameyang, I would say maybe maybe captain him. I mean, it's a tough matchup against United, so probably not. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. But definitely put United's him in your not lineup. Not going to let in a ton of goals, but I mean, I could definitely see him scoring. Absolutely. He's, and he's going to play. Yeah. That's more than you can say for a number of guys. Sure. You definitely know he's going to play. Injury permit. It's, it's at United, too. So, look, United's always tough at home. Yeah, so I probably won't captain him. i got to find it somewhere else. But on the he, other side, it's yes. absolutely certain and fixed who you're going to get. There is no doubt whatsoever who matters and who's starting. For West Ham. Oh, yeah, it's definite. And And... Dave, you're nervous because you only have two more goals. You still can have two more goals from Marko yeah. Arnautovic in the last for the for the last four matches for West Ham. Yeah. He he got one. I he got again, one. The bet was four. Scott, update everyone on the on that. Yep. Bet. I I thought he would get at least four more goals through the rest of the season. We said this a couple weeks ago. He had gone blank for a couple matches, but he gets one here and kind of brings the bet back to life. And it was yeah. it was not like a normal kind of run and play. It was a good goal. I'm not knocking that. But. And it was still a Marco who looked motivated to me. Oh, and as yeah. Long as Marco, oh, he's definitely motivated. If Marco's motivated, he's got a shot. Doesn't so, matter who the opponent yeah. is. Well, just to review the schedule, he's got to get three or more goals for you to win the bet. Yes. Uh, in, against uh, in four games. Yes. Home to Manchester City. At Leicester, mm-hmm. home to United, yes, and then home to Everton. So yeah, I'm looking at two goals in one of those non-Manchester matches. Probably it's it's a long shot, but at the same time, I'm putting my money where my mouth is because Marco is in my fantasy squad. Yeah, know? sure. I have not sold him. Should I have? Possibly. Mm, I mean, he got me some points in this match. Yeah, which Arsenal probably wasn't one you were banking on. I certainly wasn't before we made the bet. They haven't been good on clean sheets this no, year. No, but... Listen, Scrotum is always good for giving up a near post goal. That is Scrotum Mustafi yes. for those who are new to our pod. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we should get a... Right. Maybe that's our next how to say is his Scrotum. first name. Didn't we already do him? No. no. Never did. Ooh. Interesting. Um, I like I like what we've done. Welcome back, uh, Manuel, Manuel Lanzini. The second that he steps on the Pitch. He assists Marco Arnautovic. All he's got to do is put a little curl on yeah. the mustache. I'll tell you and what, he man, takes me back decades. I, you know, you you know that Marco needs he needs that little sidekick. <laughs> you know he's missing Shakiri. He always will. But Lanzini can is, bring Lanzini that fire. is an absolutely fine substitute on the little sidekick. Uh, on the for for a little sidekick. Scott, you know who who Lanzini can ride next to. As they are villains in the wild, wild west, and that's Shilato. <laughs> Lanzini and Shilato put like big 10 gallon black From hats on them. Brighton? 
the Brighton or Huddersfield? I always get the Brighton. two. I still get the two confused. That's because their jerseys are too similar. Anyway, too true. Dave, I want to hear what you think about Arsenal. Right, so, and this uh, post Wenger era listen, on the horizon. I don't want to disappoint, but I, I'm going to save my. I'm not giving my farewell to Wenger yet. I'm going to uh, save. I'm going to save just, that. I want to drag this thing out. Can you answer one question? Yeah, sure. Do you feel like the atmosphere was weird? The atmosphere was absolutely weird. Okay. Because this is what I think is interesting. I think a lot of fans who have been, been banging for Wenger out are now come to the realization of, oh, crap, what's next? Is this going to be, you know, multiple years? I mean, what, could United replace Ferguson that easily? No, not really. Even though people, the same people have been unhappy with Wenger for a while. I think it's just, look, you've been no. so used to something for so long. Yeah. I think I, so. I, I think it's multiple things. Can I, I jump I, in with my opinion? Yeah. I think I, if I were you as an Arsenal fan, I, I understand the fear of the unknown. By the way, forward. that wasn't mine. I was just forecasting the, I was trying All to right, forecast well, the mood in the sure. Emirates. Speaking then to those who are contributing to that mood. I totally understand having that fear of the unknown moving forward, but I would much rather have optimism for something better rather than more of the same. Yeah. And if there's one thing we know to be true, it's that that definition of insanity is doing the same thing and expecting different results. Sure. And that was, that's vintage Arsen Wenger. No, no, sure. But I, I think it's also when you're a season ticket holder or a fan, now that he is going, yeah, you're looking at, you're starting to not just focus on all the negative things that have happened recently. You're starting to look at the whole picture, and you're starting to realize that, like, maybe you do actually have a little bit more feelings for him than maybe sure. than yeah, sure. yeah, that's that was recently kind of coming on. Yeah. Hate and, to have you here, but I hate even more to see you go. You, sure, no, no, absolutely. Like, like breaking up's hard to do. Yep. And Fanger's done multiple interviews recently, and without saying it, he's saying it. This is not his decision. Huh. This is not his decision. He says it is. He says he's stepping down, but they're letting him the brass, save face. The brass, yes. Everyone is trying to save face here, but he Wenger trying to walk the high road has made it fairly obvious. And here's the other thing too. Look, he's been at the club for 20 plus years. If anyone has seen Roger Bennett's interview with him, it's very good. It's excellent. And on uh, with Roger Bennett with Men and Blazers uh, in interviewed him this past weekend. Um, it's or this past week. It's fantastic, and it just you know he he Roger Bennett framed it as in you know looking into the mind and heart of Arsene Wenger. Yeah. So it just he does a great job of of peeling back some of the layers and and asking good questions and getting good answers and and so I think just a lot of a lot of people around the club for a long time. Or now just coming to the realization, hey, he's leaving, which is a good thing. But it's still it's still sort of sad and, and interesting because on some level, yes, he's led you to three championships and and multiple FA Cup titles and other things. And so it's just it's interesting to see that go. It deserves its own moment, which I'm glad they made this decision with a few weeks left in the yes, season. Yes, I agree. It deserves its own uh, yeah, for special sign off. Now I will say one other thing before I turn over to you fully, Dave. I found it fascinating that a lot of the signs of tribute to Arsene Wenger were both tributes to and kind of backhanded compliments of Arsene <laughs> yeah. Wenger. Yeah. Like there's this one, I can't remember exactly what it said, but it said something about football should be played as art or something like that. And yeah. I'm like, yep, that's exactly why you've done any better. Yeah. Uh, but yet that was 
his philosophy. That was what his football looked like. Yeah. You could say one thing. You could say Arsenal maybe wasn't always as successful as it felt like they should be, but they were always beautiful. And I don't just mean the individual players. Well, <laughs> what's a interesting, very important, <laughs> very important distinction. What's interesting with him is, and 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 I think this is one of the biggest detriments that's happened. It really showed up over the last like six to eight years, is that he wasn't willing to go get super high dollar players. He wanted to respect his younger good players, <laughs> right? And his Obviously, own political system. Mm-hmm. But but. That, he that wanted wrong? to give the younger players who have come up a chance to play. Sure. And I think a lot of younger players love to go to Maitland Arsenal Niles for that, this year. He's still doing it chance. in his final year. Ainsley Maitland-Niles has had a decent season. Was it left back Look, their, Arsenal? Yeah. Their bench didn't. I mean, there weren't many guys on that bench ready to play. I mean, there's some some nicks and dings there. Yep. So, anyway, Dave, tell us what you're thinking about no, your club. We've, we've dragged this out Well, we've enough. already talked about some of them. Look, I, I, I'm going to save my farewell. I wanted to mention that he was being forced out, and it's it's oftentimes look it's hard to to replace a legend. And then, but look, I am ready for this. I'm ready for a defensive overhaul. Kashelny, I'm I'm done. He's he's okay. He's okay, but he he's he needs. I, to be, I, I needs see to... this. The, this is what I see. Yeah. I see Liverpool sign and spend the money for Virgil Van Dyke. Yeah. Who, I mean, look, and he might be the extreme example because he might be the best center back in the league. But I see that, and I see how big of a difference, mm-hmm. for the most part, one player made in that defense. That's right. And it changed Liverpool from being a fourth or fifth, sixth place team and losing Europa League finals to a team that is going to be, I hope, possibly playing for the Champions League title yeah. and then very possibly finishing second in the, in the league, going to be in a good position mm-hmm. for next year. One player, one defensive player right. made that difference. Mustafi has been, for whatever reason, a disaster. He and Koscielny had a great partnership early. There's been a disaster there. Bellerin, I don't know what's happened. Uh, he thinks he's Marcelo and can attack and still not get back and play defense. So, I, I, I anyways, but bottom line is the defense needs an overhaul. Um, and then there's a lot of players that need to go. Like, hmm. in my opinion, keep Aubameyang, Ozil, Mkhitaryan, Ramsey, Lacazette, Elneny, everyone else can go. I'm glad go. you've come around on Ozil. I, well, listen, I, I, I said this. I, I listen, I said this in the pod. For whatever reason, after he signed his, his contract, he started like even playing defense and getting back. And then sure. I loved it when he started barking out orders. I feel like he started taking ownership of the team. So not ownership, but ownership, you know, on the field. And maybe maybe Sanchez was an issue. Maybe maybe it took Sanchez leaving for that to come out. You know, I don't know. Yeah. But um, so, anyways, look, I'm I'm ready for I'm I'm ready for the off season. I mean, with a lot of optimism, and I love watching uh, Obama Yang and Lacazette, and 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 every time Obama Yang's on the field, even if it's for 20 minutes, Brian, he's getting his goal or assist. I mean, it feels he's like it's great. happening all the time. Hopefully, that can continue. You need Kishanley to be like that cup backup. You know what I mean? Like he's the third or fourth center back in your lineup. Yeah. Kishelny's done. His Achilles has pre- will prevent him from being a a regular starter, useful guy. Yeah, I mean, he, yes, definitely could be a. Could, I mean, he's I a, just feel like his. Defender. I feel like I feel like his. Yeah, if that's what I mean. I feel like his his actual health will prevent him from yeah. doing more than than you want him to. All right, Dave. The longer you drag this thing out, the the more epic it's going to have to be later sure. in the year. 
just so you know. I know. No, no, I All know. Right. It, it uh, but I didn't feel like this week. I, I want I wanted to build a little bit. Okay. Stoke one, Burnley one, Baidu Njai gets the scoring for the Potters going. However, Ashley Barnes, once again, sees Brian, you Stoke. love this. I love short. Ashley Barnes. Brian, didn't you transfer Ashley Barnes in this week? No, I had him two weeks ago. There you go. I like Still, Ashley Barnes. Regardless. Ashley Barnes did this last year. End of the year last year, Ashley Barnes was excellent. He's uh he is Connor Wickaming uh this the end of the oh, season. Oh well done. Now. Yeah. Um no, this is. I mean, my my big question with this, uh, I it was sad to get rid of Nick Pope just because Nick Pope's been such an important player this season. But Burnley uh, hadn't been holding the, that the many Bur- clean sheets. I was going to say the Burnley defense. So Tarkowski, if you had him, congratulations. He gets uh, it ends up getting awarded the assist on the Bar- Ashley Barnes goal. Um, but they have Brighton, Arsenal, and Bournemouth left. So their their double week is done. Does do they matter? I'm still looking hard at selling Matt Lowden. I well, really that's the thing. They have two of those games at home. You know, it's Brighton and, Ch- and Bournemouth at home. But given the form, no double week. The the specter of Ben Mee returning to the lineup. I know Kevin Long looked like he was. You know, Kevin Long's been been very good when he's been in there. You know, obviously people had. Kevin Long in the, in the goals, double week scored the goal. Or so. own goals. Right. So, And I want to say they're going to fight for Europa League spot because that's important to a club like Burnley, but yeah. they basically got it sealed up. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, I feel like a 1-1 result for them, home or away, no matter what they're doing here, the rest of the season is fine for them. And it feels like it's what we're going to see. Yeah, they want... Of course you want to win, but I don't know how much they're going to push for it. And I mean... I. You like to see, I mean, they were the ones pushing for the goal at the very end of the match, too. I mean, Goodmanson had a really good effort at the very end of the match. But, I mean, look at the way Ashley Barnes celebrated after he scored that goal. I mean, it was, I think he wanted to, like, rip some heads off whenever he was running (laughs) out on the end line there. But, Scott, is it the top seven? Or is it, is it now that South five, six, seven? Now that Southampton is out, it's guaranteed that the FA Cup will go to a Champions League qualified or Europa League qualified club and therefore. Seventh place will also now qualify for Europa. Okay, because Everton's eight points behind; they're not catching Burnley. No, I agree. It's basically Burnley's spot, yeah. seventh place. Yeah. Uh, so the question is simply if they're motivated to go beyond yeah. seventh. It's interesting. I, I did not realize until some announcer said it over the weekend that if you finish seventh, you have to start in one of the earlier rounds of the Europa League, which comes just 10 days after the end of the World Cup. Which is crazy. That is wow. really crazy. I think someone was saying that in reference to Arsenal, because if uh, Arsenal yeah. were to slip here at the end of the season, it could really affect them. Let's say they don't yeah, win yeah. Europa League. That's right. Uh, You're right. Then if they went down to seventh as well, then they're, they could get upset not playing any oh, of their World yeah. Cup players. They're not going to be eligible to play. You have to have a couple of weeks off. Yeah. And so you would be, face the prospect of starting a Europa oh, League tie. Starting your kids or something. With your B team. That's exactly oh, right. Now, man. that's worst case scenario. Probably not going to happen. But it could for Burnley. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but how many? I don't think Burnley probably has that many internationals playing for them. Uh, they could have a few. Not in the World Cup. They might have internationals, but not internationals in the World Cup. I would be disappointed if Nick Pope wasn't on the England squad and at least one defender wasn't 
And and they and we're not just looking at England. They've got other guys, UK players too. Yeah. There's there's guys who could end up playing on various squads in the World Cup. And it doesn't matter if they play. They're selected. They're there. Sure. They are not on vacation yet. All that to say, I you know, Burnley not as attractive as maybe you would hope, although Brian, well done on Ashley Barnes. Ashley Barnes uh, continues to have a good schedule with those last three matches. As long as he plays. And continues to want to kick the ball into the net like you a madman. Yeah, but you think Sam Vokes won't get some kind of, you know... Uh, Vokes feels like he's been an afterthought. No, Barnes has been yeah, starting it's like been wood and It's been Wood and Barnes. In Vokes comes in there here and there. Uh, the thing... I think the one guy who would make me rethink it is, uh, is Jordan Ayew for the exact same price. And it's because of those last three weeks of the season for Swansea. But, hey, if Ashley Barnes scores one goal in each match the rest of the year, you would not be surprised by that one. Oh, bit. and you would not be disappointed since he's probably your third forward. Right. One guy who did not celebrate is someone we uh, like to talk about on our pod, mostly because of his name, Mame Biram Juf. Juf. Uh, Juf. Mom. Is just mom. Not mommy. We no. We did. No, uh, we how to save yeah. him. Long time. Yeah, ago. I thought I had it right though. I no, guess you're I, right. I guess I need to go back and listen. Yeah, you should do that. Yeah. <laughs> well, Juf. Dave likes to use the reference about Juf being on fire. Juf had a moment where it looked like his feet were on fire. Yeah. And the ball was a big flaming ball of fire coming toward his feet. What I'm trying to say is. Doof gets the Cameron Jerome Wasteful Player of the Week award because he had a glorious chance inside the 18-yard box and did absolutely nothing with it. Oh, it Sorry, a... Doof, you win the good. Wasteful Player of the Week award. Not good for Doof. And this one hurts because Stoke needed the two points. Do you want to say one thing about how good Jack Butlin is? The fact that he had six more saves in this match ended with a bonus point and saves you, even if you even if you had him, despite the goal conceded. But Butlin was unbelievable. Uh, maybe I haven't seen enough of him, but I feel like there was multiple shots launched at him, and cat-like reflexes was just a brick wall. Um, Gareth, Southgate, Gareth Southgate has some difficult decisions to make, not just with who he selects for if, goalkeeper, but who plays. If who it's starts. me, it's Butlin. Butlin, Pope, then Hart. Uh, if you even take Hart, I I don't take Hart because then that creates drama. That's true. So I would actually say Joe Hart, thank you, but no thanks, and I would take Pickford. Interesting. Not a bad choice. Yeah, not a bad choice. Everton one, Newcastle nil. The lone goal. Theo Walcott, pod favorite. Once upon a time. This game sucked. <laughs> I have yeah. zero notes. Brian, for my notes, no. my notes me say here, this Dave. game sucked. No. There have been very few exciting Monday night games this year. I needed to see an, a ring around Iozzi Perez goal. Well, hey, look. And he had one New, opportunity. Newcastle, yeah. I mean, Iozzi Perez could easily have gotten Newcastle at home, you know what? It's a bet every time. Newcastle away. If it Je- wasn't, if it wasn't for... Hyde, just like their shirts, black and white, Jekyll and Hyde, Newcastle home and away. If it wasn't for the fact that Stoke needed the win and Duf was uh, wasteful with his with his clear chance, a great chance, all he needs to do is control it and he scores a goal, uh, Iozzi would have gotten it this week. Yeah. Um, bad passes. That was the thing. You saw it. Um, just really, I mean, not even in a way that you say like he's not good. It was just like... In those moments, you needed it to be needed to be more clinical, and he was not. 
Well, in, um, in Newcastle might just be falling into the. Hey, hey are they at the that's beach? That's exactly it. They're, they're the tenth th- place. It's like tenth place. They're, they're over relegated. forty points. That's they're it. perfectly safe. It's amazing how similar the two of them are. The fact, <laughs> the fact that they were one point apart going into the match, or the same number of points. I mean, going into the match, and um, yeah, just that Newcastle. You feel like Newcastle has been like slowly building. And Everton has fallen like down slowly falling. to where they, yeah, to where they are, and whatever. I feel like there's not. I, I feel like you're, you know, the the sad thing is, Everton's defense is nailed down right now. I mean, it's Baines, Coleman, Jagielka, Keane, Pickford, and Goal. I mean, those guys. Like, you had them. If you had them today, great. You're thrilled, but you just can't love it the rest of the way. What's their schedule the rest of the way, Brian? Because if I've got four starters I know are going to play, I am going to be tempted by that. Yeah, I mean their schedule. I mean, it's, I it's it's okay. I mean, you're not. That's I feel like the tough thing is, you know, you're not gonna, you're not prioritizing them though because it's they're at Huddersfield. Fine, uh, Huddersfield's fighting though, and playing at Huddersfield for a team like Everton, I know it's green on paper, but <laughs> you're right. But Huddersfield needs points yeah everton does not yeah uh southampton at home southampton Southampton needs needs points points. everton does not and then at west ham west ham could use the points i'm sure i'm sure they would take them they're not like they're not completely safe yet so yeah i mean i think the matchups are good if it was a team other than everton that you cared about (laughs) and felt like they were going to actually try and wasn't in the middle of uh fan Big Sam turn turmoil. Listen, we've been suckered by Everton all year. The moment we buy Wayne Rooney, know. off the map. The moment we buy Jinkto soon, off the map. The moment we bought a defender early in the season, terrible start. The moment we bought Pickford, we benched him. The I only mean, person. this has been a rough year to own a, an Everton player. The Mer- schedule does sound good, and if it's the same back four, great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I am tempted. I've got a I've got a pound and a half. I've got a Matt Lowton I'm looking to sell. Would I improve if I buy an Everton defender? Scott. What if I sell Harry Maguire at Leicester for an Everton defender? What if I sell DeAndre Yedlin, who I just bought for this match against Everton, well, for an Everton defender? Um, yeah, and maybe in a maybe in a couple weeks. I just feel like because Newcastle. I mean, if you're gonna if you're going to prioritize double weeks, Newcastle next week, you're thrilled to have Newcastle because they play home to West Brom. For the double week, though, at Watford, at Tottenham, probably going to be moving on. As much as I've loved having Paul Dummett on my team sure. this second half of the season, uh, I will be moving on from Newcastle United after next week's match. Do you think, despite the fact they're playing two matches, both are away, you don't like one of the matchups for sure, do you think they will not get any clean sheets in either of those matches? I cannot imagine. This is game you, I would think the best you can hope for is that you get a Crystal Palace like performance from this week when when Newcastle plays at Watford. That you hope that they can. St- I I just feel like this is the perfect kind of match where you just say who's the more dangerous team right now if you had to pick between Watford and Everton. Who scares you more offensively? Probably Wofford. Yeah. I don't even it's, know. It's such a toss-up, though. I would have felt like Newcastle, in their form, 
that going it, go, it doesn't matter where they were playing Everton. So what? Everton stinks. And to lose 1-0 is so dumb. Like that's such a dumb result. Yeah. Um look, the, there's nothing good about this. And I want to be on record right now. I wasn't planning this, but it hit me a second ago. There will be plenty of times, Scott, that I'll gloat when I'm right about things. Okay. When I'm wrong, I am not afraid to say that I was wrong. That's true. Brother Matt, uh-huh. to his credit, has been calling Everton ever garbage this entire season. It's true. Eighth, and, eighth place Everton. And That's, yes. to his credit, Everton, fantasy-wise, has had, as much as I wanted Omar Nias to be amazing, he never really got the pure chance, I don't no, think. No. Um, no matter who the manager was. Gilfie underperformed all year long. Rooting oh, yeah. for just like four or five weeks was hot, but then was garbage. Gilfie had a Gilfie had a good stretch, but now at the end being hurt. Yeah. It's just so, but no, the whole thing is underachieving and that's the that's exactly. the sad part of Everton is the expectation was so high coming into the season. Kuman absolutely derailed the train. Big Sam came in to save a derailed train and kind of did. Yeah. They're in the top 10, but, but it's just, it's like they were talking about today post-match that Robbie Earl and, and, and Robbie Musto talking about that on, on NBC sports here, just saying, it's just the fans want more. Yeah. That because of the history, because of everything that you've had so far and because you've spent the money yeah. to get nothing or to get this like disappointing, weird football where it's like, doesn't feel like anything happens. Big Sam had the, Cajones to say that they they dominated the match. It was like, what? Yeah. I mean, may, maybe if you look, maybe if the statistics say that, I don't know. Well, it just didn't feel like that. I just Whatever. want to take this moment to take your point and follow it through. That brother Matt, you were right. I was wrong. <laughs> That's so. What an important moment. That's yeah. true. Well, yeah. I mean, it's look. It's fair because. Whether I said it on this pod or not, I definitely said it to him, and I definitely said it on Slack. Sponsor us, but I'm just saying. Yeah, hey, there's only one club. I though. I have kept thinking that something redeemable is going to come out of this Everton Football Club. Okay, but but and look for at, God's sakes, nothing fantasy wise okay, has but, become but fantasy relevant. Let me let me like hold you back from falling on your sword completely here, because look at the table. Tell me what club, Everton absolutely should have finished in front of as the table stands right now. And I propose to you there's really only one, and that's maybe Burnley. Your point's valid. So I guess here's the thing, though. They've just been lukewarm. Yeah, I get it. You're absolutely right. right. I the mean, style hasn't it's been It's just been... Yep, you're right. Blah. They haven't exceeded or even matched expectations, as Brian said. And, and the and, expectations and are high. And, People and, were predicting fourth for Everton. Yeah. Fourth. He, here's the other thing, too, though. W- within three points of them, or four points of them, is Newcastle and Leicester. No. So well, they were tied today. That's by, what I mean. By the end of... The season, they very well easily could fall. No, I'd make a bet that they're going to finish. They're not going to fall below. They're going to finish eighth. Bournemouth is in eleventh with thirty-eight points, so they're not falling further than that. Everton will finish eighth, and you're probably right. And that's not that bad. It's just frustrating considering where the expectations were. That's correct. And they're they've had very little fantasy relevance. Certainly, no sustained fantasy relevance. That's I know from 
uh, from the draft league that we are in that uh, having Wayne Rooney for the first 10 or 12 weeks of the season was an absolute monster. <laughs> but after that, it didn't do anything. That's true. Watford nil, Crystal Palace nil. The only story in this one, Zaha's yellow card for diving. No, is, there was it, another story, Scott. Zaha, divey diver or diviest diver? Look, the second time he was fouled, and he, he was given a card for the time he actually fouled. The first time was he was going down. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, it was dumb. And then Decore kind of got in his face. Oh yeah, which I get. And uh, but Scott, look, the most exciting thing in this match for me was I had a friend at the match, and he, they ended up having seats in the front row right behind the goal. I have oh. pictures of them on the TV. And what was even wild is he sent me a video clip of when Rasharlison was was kind of charging in late in the match and fired a shot on Hennessy. And um, I I snapped a still picture of uh, on the TV as he was filming that shot. I thought that was pretty interesting, but it was it was cool. Bottom line is, I said, "What was your biggest takeaway from being in the front row behind the goal at the match?" And he said, "The speed of the shots, you cannot imagine how fast they are." Mm. And this is a a soccer player. They were over there with his son. His son's on a on a. a travel team and they had some some England stuff going on at Brighton and they were actually checking out some games so that's cool yeah it's very cool but bottom line is uh so and he knows soccer I guess I say that to say that yeah. he knows soccer and um but he said the in the size of the players he said he said you the defenders are way bigger than you think they are interesting I guess Wayne Hennessy is a is a pretty no, big sure. dude the fact that the most interesting moment of the match took place in the front row for you Dave says everything about <laughs> yeah, this match yeah. though and here's the thing to answer your question, Brian. I know what Roy Hodgson, good old Uncle Roy, right. would say to your question about divey diver or diviest diver regarding Wilfried Zaha. The answer is in the manager quote of the week. Here's what Uncle Roy had to say. When the rumors spread that he's a cheat and not the honest player he is, the crowd are led by that. He's given attention he doesn't deserve. Hopefully, I'm not being one-eyed. Uh, Wait, what does that eyed. mean? What does that mean? Uh, I think that just means that you're that just you're not you're not, not looking at the it whole clearly. Picture. Yeah, you're okay. only you're only looking at it. So even while he's defending it. his player, he's kind of giving room to say maybe he's a divey yeah. diver. Yeah, is that what I'm read? Is that what we read into that? He may dive. He's going to dive the way other players dive. But he's also but fouled he's a diving. ton. He's he, fouled a ton. Oh yeah, that's a, yeah, ask, that's a tough thing. If you ask any player. They'll tell you you go down when you feel contact because you may you might get a call. Well, yeah. Scott, and how many times have we seen guys not go down and not get a call? It's the and permanent one hundred percent until referees stop rewarding it. Players will keep doing it. Yep. And but here's the thing: I don't think he was he was given simulation when he was fouled by like two different players. It was a big cluster in the middle. Yeah. The only other time that I mean I don't know I I think he was unfairly I think I, I'm with Roy I think he was unfairly divious diver guy. Listen, as a Zaha owner, that yellow card cost me a point in a week where points were hard to get. Yep, that well, hurt. I actually added Milivojevic this week, so I'm looking at the fact that he would have been kicking the PK, and I lost <laughs> well, points there. Luca pulled one off the 
Luca put one off the post, so Luca easily could have had a goal anyway. You know what which the is... problem was? I had to play Luca in my squad. No, I had see, to take him off my bench and put him in my eleven because I only had eleven guys to play. That's where you really. That's where you really went wrong. It's true. The Luca strategy. I, I went away everyone. from it, and then there you go. Uh, hey, Brian Benteke came off the bench in this one, did he not? Sure did. So Christian leads... Benteke, worst watch. That's what I wanted to hear. Christian right, Benteke. Wait, can we set this up a little bit? Yeah, sure. So a few weeks ago. We decided that we needed to gauge Christian Benteke's wastefulness throughout the rest of the season because, because he is on pace to be more wasteful than Cameron Jerome was when he played for Norwich. Therefore, getting the the oh, this award named very possibly named after him. Correct, yes. the Cameron Jerome Wasteful Player of the Week Award, which we have created on this podcast and continue to give out on a weekly basis to the player who has the most wasteful opportunity yes. lost in a match that actually has some meaning. Yep looking at you mom Biram Juf. uh we might rename it the christian benteke wasteful player of the week award brian, brian wants to, to tell us what this looks well, like so Waste Chris, this week christian benteke nine minutes off the bench mm. uh subbed on for exactly who you would expect midfielder james MacArthur. <laughs> <laughs> was, was MacArthur playing in the playing number 10 on the, playing on the right right wing no shots for either of them MacArthur or Benteke, though Benteke did win three aerial duels in his nine minutes compared to James <laughs> MacArthur's two. Look, you get the idea here. He we didn't are have breaking time. this down. He didn't have time to do much of anything. Um, it's favorite, actually a good thing. The actual, well, the actual hilarious stat as far as wastefulness goes is that he did have two touches that were deemed bad. <laughs> uh, comparatively, that, Zaha, had, you, Scott? Zaha had six. In the match, bad uh, Benteke. Yes, bad touches, but Benteke had two in in nine minutes. So, uh, yeah, uh, not not particularly efficient or productive, but I wouldn't say overly wasteful. All right. Well, he's still though on pace to receive the name of the award, is he not? Hey man, until he gets until he puts some goals in, he is his his percentage is is in the basement, and he's only got how many matches left? Three. All right. Well, that takes us through the six matches, but Brian, you've got a couple of things you want to throw our way. Look, this—the way we're ending this is—and this is a, a long ending. We want—I <laughs> want to talk about levels of trust here, especially for the top six clubs, because I feel like because of what happened, you knew City and Liverpool were gonna—you knew they were gonna do something. You knew that Chelsea, Manchester United, Tottenham, and Arsenal, you knew every one of those teams, they had something else going on until this past week. That was going to affect the Premier League lineups. Exactly. So I'm going to do this in three tiers of trust levels. There is high level of trust. Which is like what? Uh, grandma, like your grandmother. You, like like sure. you trust your grandmother with anything, you have a right? trust. You trust your grandmother? Fine. Mine is, a, mine is terrible. Okay. I'm just kidding. She, okay. I don't, that's not, wow, that's, not wow that's harsh. No, you have a high level of trust for, for family members, especially someone like a grandma. This is, I'm talking about, like nearly fully trustworthy. Sure. You look at the player, you look at the team, whatever, you say, I trust Pastor, that. priest level stuff. Medium level trust, where you just say, this is iffy, like a, like a younger, more ambitious coworker. <laughs> yes. You might have to deal with that guy on a daily basis, but you just say, there's something wrong here. I, yes. I just, is, just this could go either way. Is it bad that I pictured somebody when you said that? 
<laughs> yes. Okay. All right. And but I the, have. I know exactly who you're talking about. And then the lowest level is that you have little to no trust in the person. That is Christian Benteke with a big chance. That is Andy Carroll's groin muscle. That yeah. is <laughs> okay. The Spurs advancing to the FA Cup final. Ooh. You say I have no confidence Ooh. in this. I'm sorry. I don't know if I'd, I am oh. sorry. I don't know how to reference this either with Spurs or Andy Carroll's groin. The I'll caveats here. Groin. The caveats here are one. Of course, everything we say is barring injury or the truthfulness of whatever injury is reported. Oh, two. Touché. I this is also assuming the safety of any relegation level club, which I say are the safe. Those are, you know are the safest players, the stars of relegation of relegation battle teams. There is no incentive to rest them. They have nothing else going on, and right. they absolutely need their players. Brighton needs Pascal Gross on the field. It doesn't matter who they're playing. They are right. not going to rest him. So it's the and that's the, true the whole way down. That is why we said from Salomon Rondon and Jay Rodriguez up to, you know, uh, who's, Shakiri. who's who's on the edge? Yes, Shakiri, Marco, Jordan Ayew, Zaha, Andros, all those guys. That's those right. guys are all stars. They're all safe. The third thing is you're prioritizing. I think if you're if you're still in this and you're still playing, you're prioritizing for week 37. You you are moving slowly to what is it going to take for me to, to get to players 37. who are playing twice in week 37, the second double game week. And I think the key of that is all in the top six. And so the question is... Who do I trust? Because most of the top six teams, other than Liverpool, are playing twice... The question is, are you know, what are you going to do with these guys? Which, how do you prioritize which of these players you're going to get? So that I think then, once if you can nail this down, I feel like it makes choosing from that lower bracket. If you don't already have the guys, or if you already have some lower level players, the question is, can you move up to some of these guys? Do you, how much do you trust it? Start with Manchester City. The remaining schedule for Manchester City, everyone is going to look at that, and I think everyone. There's a reason why the ownership has skyrocketed for Gabriel Jesus, for so many of these guys. A 5-0 drubbing to Swansea at home, I think just reminded everyone what offense is behind them. To finish the season at West Ham, home in Week 37 to Huddersfield and Brighton, and then ending at Southampton, those four matches represent certainly the best possible end-of-season run. As we referenced earlier, per the Premier League, they have already tied or broken six Premier League records, including the earliest title win, you know, five matches remaining, most consecutive victories, most consecutive way wins, all of those things. They can still break, tie or break eight other ones. Wow. Which in, in that are winning by the biggest margin... So they right now are 13 points clear. 99-2000 United finished 18 points clear. The most total points, the most goals, they're only five off of the goal record. Oh, they'll get after, that. Right. So they, they were, um, the goal differential, they were going into this past match, they were behind the 2009-2010 the Chelsea team who were plus 71. City is currently plus 73. They'll get that. They, yeah, they'll certainly will keep their goal differential record. Either way, they still have wins, points, assists. De Bruyne has a shot here 
the end of the season to catch Henri. He's got 15 credited What's to him. Eight, is it 18? 20. 20. So, but then what you see is lots of rotation this past week. We already said Sané, Otamendi, Walker, all of them benched. But then kind of the other hand of that is look at the rest of the bench. Yaya, Benjamin Mendy fit again. Foden, Claudio Bravo, Gundogan. I mean, there's not a lot going on there at you know on the bench. So I guess the question is who else is going to come in when? So and now that we know Aguero is is done for the rest of this was done for the rest of the season, the hope for him is World Cup World Cup time only. The feeling is what is your trust level of Gabriel Jesus? After that, it's Sterling which Silva, De Bruyne, Sané. Okay. So, so there's like picking from that core of guys. I think you know that's a that's a challenge. The defense has been fairly, you know, has been other than company has been a lot, has now like now I think you have doubt if you're an Otamendi or Kyle Walker owner. Vincent Company, five straight starts, five straight ninety minutes, six points in four of those or four of those five matches for Vincent Company. All of a sudden, guys like that seem really stable. So. What level of trust are you going to put on which of these guys in the Manchester City attack? All right. I, I quickly jotted them down as you were talking. Uh, level, grandma level trust, priest, pastor level trust, David Silva and Jesus. This, okay. this, is, in my, this is my opinion. Uh, the co-worker, I don't know which way it's going to go. Medium. Medium. Sterling, Sané, and Kevin DeBrowna. Now, Kevin DeBrown is could be in the grandma level trust because I don't know, mm-hmm. but I've seen him sit before, especially with an individual record on the line. I know, but I've seen him sit before. That's true. So, and then Bernardo Silva and Gundogan are in the 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 one level. Like I I just Andy Carroll's the growing. Andy Carroll's growing yeah. level of trust. So the, that's kind of how I would rank them. I like that. Scott, I, you, I, you, I have okay. no arguments with any of that. Yeah. And again, I, if you wanted to say KDB was in the grandmother level of trust, I, I'm okay with that. But I have seen him sit before and sounds, at times. Well, well like, Brown has got, you know, he, you see a string of, of most playing most of the match until basically four weeks ago. And then all of a sudden you alternate 76 minutes, 18 minutes, yeah. 88 minutes, 64 minutes. So he scores that rocket this week. You feel Good great gosh, about that, that but, but still, uh, it's iffy. Are you even thinking of any of the Manchester City defenders? No. No. Because I don't even know who's going to be playing. Especially with Mendy's return. Yep. Yeah, I agree. No. I, I agree. I, I, Danilo and, could and, play. And I feel like there's just two, other than Ederson, Brian, which I like your move with Ederson as goalkeeper. Yeah, but if you own De Gea, you're probably right. not going to Ederson. Right. Yeah, but what, what are... Um... Well, we'll get there, right? Right, we will get there All next. Right. All right. So overall, you'd say there's a decently high level of trust. David Silva, Ederson would be in the level three, and I don't. The rest of the defenders are in level one. I I don't or the Andy Carroll on the lowest level. I don't trust any of the defenders. Um, Sterling seems to be somehow straddling the line for me on medium to high level of trust. Pep likes him. Doesn't he's having a career year? Yeah, he's having a career year. And there isn't anyone that's directly. I mean, it would. It, it seems like he would impact Jesus 
before he would be impacted by that's interesting Sane Gundogan. I mean, unless they decide to, you know, unless it's just you know whatever. There's no, but that's the thing. What tactic is there? There's no tactic for them. Not they're not rotating no. on tactics. <clears throat> yeah. So anyway, Manchester United remaining matches home to Arsenal. Their double week is at Brighton at West Ham. Both good. Home to Watford to end the season. Yeah. The biggest question with for me with Manchester United is now that the so you assume that now that the FA Cup semifinal is over, that ro- the biggest issues with rotation should be over. But both this question applies to both United and Chelsea. Is there any chance of Mourinho or Conte? Because this you can answer both. We'll stick with Mourinho for now to rest or manage player minutes in week thirty-eight. Because it's six days until the FA Cup final no. on May on May nineteenth. Minimal, minimal impact. I think so too. I don't think I don't think the FA Cup final is going to matter at all. So it it did matter in the semis. You don't think at all because going in the into semis. the semifinal there was you, I mean yeah, but it, United it, had a midweek days. match. It crushed right. But, but that's what I mean. It it so it crushed the lineup to preserve Alexis Sanchez. Yeah, and, but again. You're not going to okay. have that issue moving into the FA Cup final. And okay. I would say this, with six days rest, obviously almost a week, if you don't play that 38-week match, then all of a sudden now... It's a long layoff. It's, it's like a nine long or ten days. layoff. Yeah. That's right. And you're back into the place what Wenger didn't want to Well, happen. they would have the midweek, the midweek match against West Ham, so it's a little bit of a... It's a little less of a gap than it would be if it was okay, just... Okay, I got you. Um... I'm more concerned about game week 37 maybe not getting a double game week from a player than I am 38 being affected by right. the Right, and so that would be the next... That's the next issue. Because Manchester United is is close to locked in here in second place, and they've shown the propensity here to be lackluster against lower-level competition, does, does the double week 37... My second question for them is, is this the least attractive double-week team in the top six? As in, would you rather keep Mo Salah for one week, for the one week, or risk pick a midfielder from Manchester United? I'm not selling Salah for a United midfielder, to right. answer your question. That is that is not who I would sell Salah for. doesn't matter the matches. Which midfielder, because Lukaku to me, you know, Lukaku got rested in the du- last double week. He gets rested. He does come in. He does score. Is that a risk the second time, The re- you know, the rest of the way here? I mean, I'll, I'm just going to answer all of your questions and say that David De Gea is the only player I have even close to a, what was the top level again? This grandma is the level. high level. Yeah, the grandma level. He's the only United player I have close to a grandma level of trust in. Everyone else is borderline. Lukaku, come on. Lukaku is borderline he's, he's starting coworker. No, he's at coworker. Lukaku's at coworker trust level for me. Okay. Partly because of minutes, partly, mostly because... I don't know if he's going to do much. Yeah. Even when he has played, he's been okay. He's been fine. He's been he's been he's been decent for you, right? We've talked about that for the last two months. Yeah. Lukaku's last last seven weeks, twelve, eight, five, eight, one, two, six. Two out of the last six weeks have only been ones and twos. 
Yeah, he's been very good. That's exactly it. We've said and that, and he's a lot. played every game. He's played ninety plus, with the exception of two games all season. I, I he, had, have, he had he had one. Yeah, coworker, coworker level of trust. Everybody else is is Whoa, close to Andy Carroll's. Why groin. would you say that? Out of the thirty four games that they've played so far this season, one game he did not play against Everton, and then another the game right before that. He only played 13 minutes, which let me put, he, he probably got subbed out. Let me so put the question to you this way. It's 90 minutes every other game. Sure. Mourinho has trusted him. There's no question. Why He'll is it probably... not a grandmother level of trust? That's such a hilarious thing to ask about Romelu Lukaku. That's <laughs> true. Let me ask it to you this way. I, it's it's Like I said, it's more results than minutes. Let me ask it to you this way. If you were going to do a hierarchy here of Kane, Jesus, Obama Yang, or uh, beyond that, for this week or the rest where, of the season, I'm talking about for the rest of the season. Who are you putting Lukaku ahead of? Out of the available, he's behind top those three. Guys? He's behind those three. Right, I, I'm so, keeping so Aubameyang like question. we talked about for 36. No doubt for in me. my mind. I could maybe look at selling him for Lukaku going into 37, but I'm probably not going to. And honestly, I mean, Aubameyang's got two matches in there too. Right. So no, uh, there's, and I'm not selling Lukaku for uh, Kane for Lukaku. I'm not doing that. Yeah, and I can't have Kane, Aubameyang, and Lukaku. Right. That's exactly it. So the, so, so no the striker question: If you're going to have two of those top guys again, like we've had earlier in the season, I feel like we're bookending here. Uh, you can really, unless you stretch your midfield or or go thin on uh, on midfielders, you're probably not going to have more than two of the top guys. I mean, so let's let's go, let's. Is, in this for real arsenal Yang, grandma level of trust anybody else dave on arsenal you've got that high level of trust for not as long as they're active in europa not a chance there's right. not a chance i'm not buying anyone else right so to me i feel like i feel like pogba seems decently safe sanchez is probably in that same spot i feel like those top guys lukaku sanchez pogba co-worker at most right i, I feel like uh, yeah i feel like they're on the they're on the hinge of I, I feel like I feel like you're right, Dave. I think that Lukaku is gonna is going to play, but I, I mean, my doubt with him has more to do with with the result. What is he going to do with the time sure. that he's out there? Now, look, Arsenal at United. I can absolutely see United scoring, United winning that game three to one, and Lukaku getting at least a goal. Um, that's the the thing that's going to the thing that's going to tempt everyone is the schedule, the schedule for the rest of the season. Is going to tempt everyone. Yeah. So it has everything to do with De Gea. To me, Lingard, Martial, Rashford, and any defender would scare the yes. pants off of me. Yeah. Well, Smalling. I think Smalling's well, been pretty regular. You think? And Smalling. Anyone who's owned Smalling this for the last eight weeks or whatever has benefited huge, hugely from having him. But defensive rotation seems like it's going to be the biggest headache. But I mean. Yeah, I just think that the schedule is going to be really, really tough to overlook uh, if you're if you're looking for one for differentials and two for attacking players. Chris Smalling since week twenty three has started every single United game. Liverpool is, I feel like, I feel like Liverpool is the one that's going to give real headaches. Liverpool you know? this weekend against Stoke might play their under twenty two team. <laughs> they won't. So, but Klopp might sub. Out the other six guys I mean, that didn't literally right. sub out last week. Is no reason 
he 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 bent he changed half his starting lineup for the West Brom game. I could very easily see him change out the other half of the starting lineup. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. He's not going to do the whole thing. He has enough players to. I mean, unless he's truly going to throw it away, exactly. which he's not going to do. He's not going to do that in real life. It's not going to happen. But I could see Salah play fifteen to twenty minutes off the bench. Just, There's no just, way he starts. Just for fresh legs, but but to get him to run out there a little bit, maybe save three points for the match if necessary. Uh, Firmino will probably start because he did the last match. Yeah. Oxley chamberlain same thing. Probably will start because he did the last match. Um, but do you trust him to start? If they play, no, they're in the ones. If they play at all, they're at least grandma. They're at least uh, exactly. coworker level. So what? Coworker you, level. So you're not even playing them. It's not a good fantasy well, play. This is the hardest thing about. It. I feel like this is it, the. I be- own two Liverpool players, Virgil and Salah. I Virgil out of all the players on the team, and or Carius, Virgil and Carius to me would be the closest guys to the grandmother level of trust. But man, when they're when you have on the line what you have going. I know. My, Virgil if went any down. In injury happens in the Stoke match. Yeah, you will forever be scarred. Well, well that's what I was going to say. Almost like the Steven Gerrard so here, slip. So this I'm is just saying. But this is what makes Ouch. him such a. This is what makes him such a headache. So you have very little to no confidence in them going into Stoke, unless unless Klopp comes out and says similar things like he said last week, which is I don't care what match we have coming up. I'm starting a. I'm starting a, a my best people. If he comes out and clarifies some way, you have you have much doubt going into Stoke. Then they play at Chelsea, so that's what match thirty-seven in a double week for a ton of other people. How much do you expect from your from your Liverpool players at Chelsea in week thirty-seven, and then week thirty-eight to play home to Brighton? So you like that? I like that. You don't love at Chelsea. Nope. Uh, which was 1-1 the last time. Yeah. And and you're probably just coming off what I would like to think a, a win at your Roma. This. Your Roma? Your Roma. This might be. My, 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 your Roma. <laughs> the people who sold Salah so quickly, who did not get the goal from him this past week, were probably kicking themselves a little bit considering who they were, unless you went to a city guy. No, but I, I, I teased it last week. Mm-hmm. I'm even more looking at selling Mo Salah. I week. know. So so this week, this is this is where it gets really difficult. Yeah. Um, as an, as a, and then and once, you, once you go back further into the defense, Carius seems like the only safe guy. <laughs> but true. anywhere behind the midfield... Liverpool, we've already said it a few weeks ago, Liverpool went f- so quickly from how can I have five of them to I don't think I should have any of them, and that seems like it's even more true now going into this, going into... Let me ask you a question, Brian. Let me ask you a question that leads into the next club in our, in our debate here. Should I sell Mo Salah for Christian Eriksen? Well, so it is a good segue to what... A segment we like to call uh, "Now What." <laughs> right. <laughs> One of our longer running segments. Tottenham. Now what? Yeah. So, <laughs> the last two matches, uh, so Spursy has meant the traditional meaning yeah. uh, of big game collapse 
but against Brighton, the it meant the less seen uh, sloppy. It just meant sloppy, uh, underwhelming, and overall disappointing. Something that Harry Kane spoke to this week after the or right after the FA Cup semi loss to Manchester United, where the question kind of was, yeah, it might be mentality here. I don't know that anyone has really I think that's been kind of that's been suggested. I think no one has really wanted to acknowledge that and for Harry Kane to be the one to say we might need a different mindset here going into this stuff. Yeah. So what looked like, you know, now no trophy left to play for for them. 5 points clear of Chelsea, who, you know, while they, you know, they're here there in fourth, but only 5 points clear of Chelsea. Now seems like a bit more desperation to stay in fourth from Tottenham. I just wonder how they're going to react, what they're going how they're going to respond. Kane's not going anywhere. Ericsson's not going anywhere. The Son, Lamella, and maybe you add Delhi to that, that that difficulty of midfield rotation I'm so, is a challenge. I'm but, so tired. this has been a long season. Yeah. It's 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 hard to be good at fantasy soccer, Dave. Yeah. I know I know you don't know that. <laughs> but it's I'm so, so sorry hard. that no, was so touche that well, was so mean I'm so sorry hey you you play that fiddle as long as possible <laughs> I will until August because one day that tune will stop <laughs> you play it no but in all seriousness I need sure things yeah wherever yeah. I can get them and Christian Erickson and Harry Kane sell, are the sure things I might sell Sala for Christian Erickson I'm keeping Harry Kane. No it's, question. I don't my mind. see it as a bad move at all, considering Tottenham play home to Watford. Their double week is at West Brom and home to Newcastle, and then home to Leicester. I so, might triple well, captain Harry Kane in the double week. Right, that's going to be a very popular move. Uh, I'm sure there are going to be a lot of popular considerations for double week for triple captains, and at Stay West Brom, home to Newcastle for next week's pod. Right, for more discussion on that. But then to conclude the season, I mean, the fact that they have three home matches, you like that way better than if they were playing three, you know, three away, you know, three, three of the four away, like Arsenal is, uh, in their, you know, with their with their four matches. Um, now the the defense, the defensive rotation, especially now with Toby Alderweireld healthy, played the full ninety against Brighton, but was an staying unused sub. Right, totally staying away. That rotation with uh, with. With I'm staying away Sanchez. from the midfield drama. I'm staying away from the defender drama. I'm staying away from Lloris because he right. cannot stop making big mistakes. Right. Erickson, Kane, done. Spurs, yep. over. That's it, right? I'm looking yeah. at you, 100% no, no. certainty okay. on Kane and Erickson, yes. and I would say at minimum, and Lloris, well, only for starting spot. Look, I want to be on the record, and obviously I've been wrong about plenty of things. I'm a little sketchy about Kane. I know you've you, you sold them. You put your money where your right. mouth is. Kudos you, to you for that. I hope you're Erickson, so wrong. I'm, I'm wrong with Eric. <laughs> I hope you are so wrong. No, no. And listen, Scott, I, I'm currently a Sala owner, and yeah, I'm thinking about. I'm trying to figure out what to do with him. If I could sell down to Jesus, I would, but I don't want to sell Kane and Aubameyang to do it. Yeah, and I can't come up from Jordan Ayew to do it. So I, you know, I, I, I don't know. It's gonna be interesting to see what happens. But uh, Sala for Erickson feels good to me as I yeah. sit here right now. Uh, so now that Chelsea's in the FA Cup final as well. Don't care. Um, for fantasy, doesn't matter. Right. does not matter now. So that's why I was saying, so that, so they, you know, a lot of people were hurt, I think, in, the, in week 34 by, you know, them preserving some of those stars. Now, though, five points from Spurs in fifth at Swansea, 
in week 36, home to Liverpool, home to Huddersfield in the double week, <sighs> finishing the season at Newcastle. And you very well could be playing a, new, a Liverpool team that's not playing for a lot. I do not believe that this is a... This does not look anymore like a Chelsea team that is phoning it in. It does not. Not when not when you're running Olivier Giroud out there. So, Giroud and Murata is going to be annoying for the rest of the season. Yeah. But Giroud, you have to say, has the higher floor and higher ceiling right now. <laughs> he absolutely does. Yeah. If you are going to go for a you want to go for a differential brace potential every match. Even if he comes off the bench. Even if he comes off the bench. Olivier Giroud could be a... That could be a killer move for the end of the season, given how good he is. Did you see his his goal when he danced through four Southampton defenders to score in the FA Cup semifinal? Was just... You just say, like, if you're... If I was a Chelsea fan and I saw that, I would have just been so angry to think, like, he should have been there this whole time yeah. since january he's been there since january but then in that same match as pilaqueta puts a cross in that alvaro morata headed in yep. so you got another as pilaqueta morata connection hazard and williams seem like they should be safe at this point i get the potential for pedro to come in and wreck either of them at any point but to me i to me they cannot play without those guys yeah for the, for the rest of this season They're, now all of the iffy stuff with chelsea is in the defenders if emerson zapacosta rudiger are all going to be in contention with andreas christensen as well and you know i think cahill and azpilicueta seem pretty safe moses isn't playing as a defender anyway so i mean his rotation would have everything to do with that would be that would be purely yeah. tactics Alonzo being out for one more week changes it a little bit. So to me, uh, if it's if it's not as Pilaqueta, I still I wish I could make at Victor Moses fit. Right. I can't. I cannot. But I feel like those guys are are exceptionally safe. I to me, I feel like there's a lot to be gained from Chelsea at almost the key guys in defense, midfield, and forward could be huge difference makers i think for the for the rest yeah. of the season can i go back to one guy on united before we wrap this up yeah chris smalling yes i want to put him close to that grandma level of trust yeah what do you think about that i was already saying that but if you want to bring that back up sure let's do it did you say that earlier i did yeah i was on chris smalling hard you would think that you would be listening to what we were talking about. <laughs> well, I'm looking. If I sell Sala and Loten, <laughs> yeah, I can do Erickson and Smalling. And Smalling. Yeah, I would rather have Erickson and Smalling than Sala and Loten. Yeah, that does seem like a really smart move. Mm-hmm. Um, to wrap up this, to wrap up this, but with the last 45 minutes that we have here. <laughs> <laughs> Arsenal <laughs> Arsenal play at United this week. You don't love it. Nope. Double week home to Burnley, then at Leicester, and wrap up the season at Huddersfield. I got to say, Dave, three away matches here is not ideal. Especially not when they're not going to be prioritizing. Especially with this weekend at United and one of the other at match at King Power 
at night on May 9th. That's doom. Depending on Atletico outcomes, you have to think that... It's the, not an it, easy run out. The preserving of the roster, though, that plays that plays the match that matters, the matches that matter for them, yeah. is key. Yeah. And I think that's especially Aaron Ramsey. Yep. Which is really sad because the obviousness of how good Aaron Ramsey has been for them and is is killing the fact that he hasn't been out there much. I agree. In in Premier League matches. And McTarian, who is healthy now. He will play he, well, he will so play this Thursday. He's I thought they still are ruling him out. He's back in solo training, but will but could should not be ready for the first leg of Europa. Well, I got bad intel. Well, no, it's it it's at best. <laughs> maybe it was at just best he's a doubt. Thinking. It's a doubt. It was just wishful thinking, maybe. Well, I, unless you know somebody else that I don't. Sure. My McTarian watch says Wenger saying he will not be ready for the first leg of Europa, yeah. along with Mesut Özil, who is that's who's really still bad. sick. That is not yes, that's that is really bad. bad. That's really bad. I hope that 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 is not the case. So. I think a lot of this is going to... The outcome this week is going to determine a lot about what, what happens here with the rest of the guys not named Aubameyang. Um, they could get... If McTarian and or Ozil don't play this weekend, they could get... Sh- or this week, they could get shellacked. I mean, they could get really banged around. Do you care about any defensive player at all? No. From Arsenal? Nope. Not Nacho. Nope. Your goal scorer, Nacho Monreal, this week. If they weren't prioritizing other competitions, then I would. But and but you're no. off Mustafi, and Hector Bellerin is a non a non consideration. There is no one else other than Obama Yang who matters here. That is, are you are you tempted by Lacazette's brace? No, as long as no, 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 because Obama Yang and I'd never start both of them, but I would own Obama Yang. Okay. Like and he, I, and he, I would he never, made a lot of people look really silly this week. I would never be on Scrotum. Uh, Four is not super bad. That was what Obama for a subbing? scored. Four is amazing. So, so I, I'm I'm feeling okay. I'm feeling okay with Obama. It, see me next week. Okay, but for now, I'm keeping him. Okay, to, regardless of the fact they play United. So I'd say overall, the level of confidence here, your trust level in these guys is a mixed bag. I feel like I feel like the the nailed in guys here are the guys that in a way uh we've already we have talked a lot about the guys that we trust, but I feel like there's a lot of movement here that can still happen and the two I'd say on the lowest level of trust are Liverpool Liverpool players broadly. Yep. yep. Manchester United players on the whim of Jose Mourinho. And other then, than Lukaku, other than, Smalling, and De Gea. Right, other than De Gea. Beyond De Gea, you, there's, there's risk. Okay. There, there's varying levels of risk, but it's, there's, there's risk. But beyond that, I feel like you're really, like the key guys for Manchester City, like you could, you could get bitten by yep. Pep as well. But the key guys, if they're really going for this, it doesn't seem like there's a lot not to trust about them. Tottenham need to win. Yeah. And they are going to go for it too. Chelsea have to absolutely go for this here. And Obama Yang, that's kind of it. That's it. I agree. I agree. 
if that helps you prioritize what you're doing, if you've gotten to this point of the podcast, <laughs> may I congratulate you? <laughs> I almost want to send you something. Sure. Um, but no, I feel like as I was looking down through it, I just thought, if you can nail down these guys and you can choose the key guys that you've got here, it should help you deal a lot more with the, the whatever little budget you have left yeah. Yeah. to be able to pick... Do I keep Shakiri in my side? Is Milivojevic the only sub seven dollar midfielder that I'm going to roster? You know, where do can I fit in Zaha or Arnautovic or some of these other guys who have, uh, you know, who have major importance to their to their struggling club? As we close, uh, I want you guys to count how many players among your fifteen are from the big six clubs, the top six clubs. You obviously don't have the budget to be able to afford all top six clubs. The prices don't allow you to do that for the most part, unless you're playing total backups in some of those clubs, which you would never do. There's great discount value to get yeah. at some of the bottom 14 clubs. However, I looked as I we were talking through this excellent conversation about the levels of trust among these six clubs. I noticed that I only have six of the 15 spots as yeah. I sit here. I have six. Filled yeah. with top six Same. clubs. I have six, but one of those that's is Andy Robertson, so I feel like that's more like five. That's yeah. true. That's true. Five it, and a half. And I have Salah, which right. I'm a little nervous yeah. about now. So these are really important decisions to make. Yeah. This is make or break, especially if you are you know, facing a challenging run-in for your fantasy league title. Yeah. And if over overall rank is important to you, this obviously is a really, really big deal. Yeah. So this is something to keep in mind. Hopefully we've helped. I feel helped. I'm staring at my possible transfers here from our conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of liking my squad. I'm sure. not gonna lie. Yeah. But I, I'm a little drunk and a little tired, so I'm not gonna <laughs> not gonna save this right now. <laughs> Get uh, fresh eyes on that tomorrow. Yeah, I need I need to have uh well, maybe two days from now. I'm probably gonna be a little tired still tomorrow. But oh, anyway. Yeah. Dave, we've done it. Long pod, man. Can't wait to produce it. But good. It's going to be fantastic. It's going to be, listen, action-packed, a lot to go over, a lot to discuss. I hope that we helped you as we hope to have helped ourselves, if that makes any sense at all. It does. It does. Hey, for the uh, Fantasy Soccer SC Podcast, this is David Smith. Until next time.